Board Gaming with Education, a podcast for anyone curious about how games and education mix. We explore various topics like game-based learning, gamification, and board games, and the impacts they have on learning. Here's your host, Dustin Stats. Welcome to another episode of Board Game with Education, where we discuss how to leverage games for learning and to make positive impacts on our lives. So we have another interview episode coming up where I talk to Matt Montrose, a science teacher and creator of the card game Ecologies. Really, really beautiful game. The artwork is super, super fantastic. Be sure to check it out. And if you like what you hear in the episode, there will be a link to pick up the card game in the show notes below as well. So before we get into this week's episode, I want to share a couple updates with you. So we are coming up to episode number 100 on the show. And with that, I am really wanting to make an effort to engage with our community. We are doing a lot of that in our various social media platforms, but we will be releasing something on our website as a social platform for you to engage with us directly. That will be coming soon, so be sure to stay tuned for that. But in the meantime... We have had some really great discussions with members of our Facebook group. We've talked about a lot of different things related to game-based learning, answered some questions about gamification. Really awesome discussions going on there. You can find that on Facebook if you search game-based learning, gamification, and games and education. So be sure to join us there. We also have been able to have some fantastic conversations with people through our email community. So If you sign up for our email, you'll receive newsletters once a month as well as some other updates about podcasts, episode releases, or other great games to check out. So you can find that at boardgamewitheducation.com. It's one of the first things you can sign up for on our website right at the top. So if you're interested in being a member of our email community, again, go to boardgamewitheducation.com. So we were also invited to be featured on this website called The Tundra. It's an online community or network for enthusiasts to explore a lot of different interesting topics or ideas. And our podcast was featured on the website, so we're very thankful and want to thank The Tundra for that, as well as ask you to check it out. We have a group there. You can come to our group and engage in the conversation there. We'll have more information about the Tundra and some cool things we will also be involved with with the Tundra in the future. So be sure to stay on the lookout for that. Really excited for that. Now, without any more waiting, let's get into the conversation. Welcome to another episode of Board Game with Education. I am thrilled to have Matt Montrose here with me. He is the designer behind Ecologies. It is a ecology-based card game, and he is also a biology teacher. And one fun fact that I learned about Matt before we sat down for this interview is that he likes to shoot nature photography. Can you tell us a little bit about why you got into shooting photography, nature photography specifically? Yeah. When I was a kid growing up, the only VHS tapes we had was this series called Trials of Life. And it was narrated by David Attenborough, BBC program. He's the the guy that's responsible for all the amazing BBC nature documentaries and just always looked up to him, just consumed those VHS 
tapes over and over and over again until I memorized everything. And just, I think maybe also because I was camping and fishing and all that stuff as a kid, just got obsessed with that kind of lifestyle. So um, always wanted to do that. Super awesome. And I know there, it seems like at least there's some overlap between your nature of photography and what you do now as a biology teacher. Can you give us a little bit more of a background of who you are and kind of what the ecologies card game is? Yeah. So always been a big outdoors person, just really in love with the natural world in all aspects. Ended up as a uh, high school English teacher uh, in Japan and loved teaching. But even though I liked teaching English, really, I always wanted to get back to biology, which was a passion of mine. So um, recently moved back to America. I shouldn't say recently, it's been a couple of years. But then when I came back here, I switched over to biology and finally sort of wed the two things, the teaching and the biology, love of biology. So that's where I'm at. And then uh, in terms of the ecologies card game, I think a lot of people have, you know, those passion projects that you can't really put them down even if you wanted to. Like you find yourself, even if you're tired, even if you don't have a lot of time in the day, you get on your laptop or wherever, your studio, whatever you're doing, and it just feels great to create whatever it is that you're you're passionate about. And so loved it, wanted to see it come to fruition, even if it was just for my own pleasure. And then after I found that it worked really well in my classroom, decided to open it up to the broader public. Super awesome. And I'm excited to kind of talk about your decisions and choices you made in designing that game and using it in your classroom and learning about that process. Before we get there, though, can you share with us one time that you learned something through a game? Yeah. Um, one thing that I, I really remember loving was my teacher in middle school, science teacher, had us do a natural selection game where he would take these colored pipe cleaners out into the lawn in front of the school and throw them all. And then we would you know, be timed on how many we could grab. And we didn't know what we were doing at first. We were just, you know, trying to grab as many colors as we could. Uh, and then we went back in the classroom and counted up the different colors that we got. And he announced that out there in the grass still were, you know, X amount of green ones and a few brown ones and a few yellow ones. And he said, you know, those are the only ones that are going to live. They're the only ones that are going to reproduce. And that in a really hands-on way, in a gamified way, showed me like, oh, that's how natural selection works. We were the predators, you know, we took out the other colors. So the only thing left to breed are going to be those, those ones out in the grass. Wow. That's kind of brutal. <laughs> yeah. 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 But it was, it was a lot of fun. And then, yeah, I feel like I've had a lot of exposure to games in the classroom. I remember a civil war game where um, our social studies teacher would assign everyone a different profile of someone who was in the war and then each day would be, you know, time would go forward a certain amount of time. And then we'd start to see classmates dying in the war, that kind of thing, which I think is pretty common for social studies teachers, but it was really fun to do. Yeah. I mean, that is definitely something that will last a lifetime. You know, you're, you're talking about it now too, as a teacher, you remember that lesson, right? Awesome. So when did you first start and maybe, maybe we can go back a little bit before we get into you as a teacher. How did you first get into games or board games or like card games? Mm, you know, it's funny, but my grandma was always a big gamer, not, not sort of the typical demographic. And she still is. She's uh, in her 80s now and she's part of a 
clan for some mobile app that she does, but she always had these games. Whenever we did a um, Thanksgiving or holiday get together, after the food was done, the table was cleared. And I remember seeing this large risk board game. And, um, you know, I wasn't even tall enough to reach the table, but I was mesmerized by the little plastic pieces and all the drama. And I knew everyone was excited and moving them around. And so I think from early on, uh, maybe just you know watching the family get so excited about this little world on the table got me really, you know, drew me in. Yeah, I I loved Risk growing up. We played with our my I played a lot with my cousins, and yeah, it was one of those games we'd stay up to like four or five o'clock in the morning just finishing it. So when did you see your teaching or I guess games and teaching overlap? Probably when I started teaching in Japan, because, you know, I really believe that uh, in terms of language learning, you have to, you have to be enjoying yourself and loving what you're doing to really learn a language. If you're trying to just, you know, memorize the words or do it in a very dispassionate way, even if for a very short amount of time, you can remember the vocabulary and grammar, it's not going to last. It has to be something that you're you intrinsically have motivation to do. And so when I was working in Japan, I would basically try to make every single lesson some kind of game, whether it was like a Pictionary or a Guess Who or Telephone or, you know, so many different variations, something where there was, you know, something irreverent or fun or um, a strategy or a goal, something like that. That's awesome. I, I think I can definitely relate with my experience in Taiwan in China and Korea is with language learning, engagement is a key factor. And in Taiwan, there were a lot of students. They're just, you know, they're tired of learning English because it was that rote memorization of just sitting down and studying a book and learning vocabulary words. Yeah. And I think even, you know, that's where I first noticed it was in uh, language learning. But I think beyond that now, gamification is only going to increase from here on out. I mean, my students at the high school level now, even in a biology class, they're so used to having devices on them all the time that have already gamified so many aspects of their lives that they kind of expect to be wooed with engagement now, you know, kind of gone are the days where you could just be a teacher that just you know, presents the information and the students try to, you know, figure it out. You, you're competing with every other aspect of their life that's been gamified. So you kind of have to um, join, join in on it. Yeah, that's, that's very true. I think there's so many parts of, I mean, our adult lives too, that are gamified in some regard. So do you use a lot of game techniques or mechanics in your instruction now? Yeah, I think so. And I actually think one of the most successful things for me has been kind of flipping the script and having the students be designers of games, especially because for the uh, next generation science standards, the, these are the standards that all the states have adopted that we're really trying to hit. Um, most of these new standards coming out for curriculum, they are heavily focused on having students model things, design things. They're trying to integrate engineering skills into everything we do. And so, for example, I was teaching the students about cells. And at first I thought about 
you know, having them do a cell board game or something like that. But I ended up having them design their own cell game. I just told them what their learning objectives were for the players that would be playing this. And so they kind of took on the role of building the games themselves. I just got a bunch of like dollar store equipment, you know, lots of doodads and paper and cardboard and things like that. And it was really interesting to see all the different directions they went with it. Some of them went straight to cards only. Some of them made elaborate boards with lots of little pieces. Uh, Some of them, it was more of like a fun party game, casual party game. And then some, it was like really like cones of Dunshire, if you know what I'm talking about, just these incredibly complex games that I don't know if anyone besides them would ever fully understand, but it was just great to see all the different directions they went with it. And I'm always surprised by the ideas they come up with. Yeah, I imagine that was a great learning experience for them, especially because they're then taking on the perspective of the learner or the player in that process, right? They really have to consciously think about what it is that needs to be taught. (laughs) So that means they should already know that content, right? (laughs) Yep, yep. And as they, you know, they say in teaching that, number one way to really understand something is to teach it so putting them in that role helps 100 percent, right yeah so ecology is the card game is something that you've recently published or it's on it's on the game crafter right now is that correct yeah uh uh-huh so it was a pet project of mine that i'd been working on um started mostly because I just absolutely love really old vintage nature art, drawings, scientific illustrations. And I just absolutely wanted to do something with these, this fabulous art and all these botanical drawings and zoological drawings. I decided we already teach uh, ecology units where the students, basically we give them little black and white cutouts of plants and animals and they arrange them kind of like a web and they usually put it on a poster and draw some arrows and uh you know it is fun but that's kind of the extent of it and i thought well if i could gamify this a bit and instead of having just our black and white photocopies we could have some you know really gorgeous artwork to set the theme because i feel like a lot of games what really makes you get sucked into a game is is feeling like you've been transported somewhere or someplace and enjoying kind of the aesthetic of it. So, Right. And I was, like I mentioned before we sat down for this interview, I was checking out your Instagram and looking at some of the nature photography you have. And is the art something that's inspired from the photography or is the art a different direction from that? So the the photography is all my own photography of places I've lived or traveled or um, things like that. But the the art itself is actually really old 1800s scientific illustrations that are in the public domain. And I find scans of them that are dirty or gritty and sometimes in color or not in color. And then I um, import them into different software suites and mess around with them, recolorize them, fix them up. Uh, change them in certain ways and then after a few different programs they end up looking what i i really like uh for the cards so that's kind of how that works i'm i'm definitely not starting from scratch i'm kind of basically taking little pieces of all this very very old artwork and, and putting it together really cool yeah I, i'm looking at the card art now it looks really sweet 
I guess you were, you made this for your class and it was a pet project and you started with black and white copies. What kind of decisions did you have to make to maintain the educational component to the game? Yeah, for me, it was, it was almost the, it was maybe almost the opposite because what I, I started with really heavy ecology based information where there was less game and more science. And I had to dial it back a little bit because I found that I was creating something that took a very long time to learn. And so I was basically teaching them ecology lessons and then going over it with the cards. And so I wanted to be more like the cards are, are teaching them with just a little bit of scaffolding around the edges. So it's it went through versions where there were multiple decks and just a lot more complexity. But now I've I focused it down to where they can get into it easier. So you've you kind of stripped away some of the well maybe not stripped away, but you reiterated the game so it's more of a gamer's game. Is that maybe the right way to word it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I think I was telling you earlier that I I've always been into games, but I think I'm right there on the edge between the casual mainstream gamer and the gamer that can get really deep into more esoteric, complex games. And so I think that's helped me because when I feel myself pulling too much to the one side, I can kind of go back and, and realize that you know most of the students I'm having in class are going to be more into a game that's more accessible. Um, so the, that's part of the design decisions that I made through different iterations. Awesome. So what have been some of the experiences of either, maybe you can share some experiences of your students and maybe some experiences of someone who is not your student, just a casual player. Yeah. So the the great thing I found is the students who are most excited to play it were the ones that don't engage very much in traditional uh, lesson plans. So I'd have students who were struggling academically, but then the, it's just so much fun to hear them getting excited and, and yelling ecological terms at each other. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like saying like, no, give me back my producer. And like, that's not a secondary consumer. It's a tertiary one and, you know, things like that. So just getting it, them getting all passionate and riled up and say like, I'm not giving you my coyote unless you give me your blueberries, you know, just those kind of quotes are just so so fun to to hear and see them get all excited. And then in terms of non-students, I would say in person, a lot of uh, family and friends, it's just been fun to see them enjoy it and really get into it in a way where the for them the science is second, but they still find the science interesting, even though their focus is really they're having fun with the strategy. And, you know, I got to say that when I got ready to release this out to the public, I was a little, you know, nervous. You put anything on the internet and you sometimes expect a little bit of, I don't know, the internet is famous for quickly getting negative sometimes. So I was a little afraid, but I was just blown away by how much kindness there was in the board game community and how much positive feedback I got and um, just the sort of the sort of things uh, people would leave me in terms of messages was really, really nice. That's super awesome. I I can definitely second that about the board game community. I always say I've, I've stumbled into the three best fields as podcasting, board games, and education. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. 
So what what were some of the other challenges maybe in designing the game? Do you have like a one challenge that you had to really see through and overcome? I guess I would say in designing the game, that was not as challenging. Maybe the challenge was to find the right balance of complex science and making that accessible to everyone. That was a, a big challenge. Um, but recently, my challenge has been on the business side of things. I'm not a natural entrepreneur. I'm learning to be an entrepreneur because of what's happening. But, you know, it's uh, I'm really excited about my game, but I've never seen myself as a necessarily a business person. And so it's been challenging to try to figure out. I started just doing a print on demand um, and then saw a lot of success there and started getting people reaching out wanting to do wholesale and retail and and things like that and um, people from different universities around the country uh, in science departments have uh, wanted to collaborate and all kinds of things so it's kind of my hand was sort of forced to be like okay I think I need to take this to the next step and you know start a business and order larger print runs and I'm not sure where it's going to go but it's just been very exciting to see it grow. Yeah, that's super exciting and best of luck as you push forward with it too. I know I was recently reading a article that said maybe there's an expansion coming out. Is that is that true? Yes, yes, there is. And I actually have two expansions planned and they are not just expansions, but I guess sequels. They are going to be standalone games, um, but then you can combine the decks in any ways you want. So for example, I'll be introducing new biomes, new organisms, new biotic and abiotic factors, and players can sort of mix and match the ones that they like the best, uh, or they can just play each game standalone. But I already know there's a lot of players who have reached out and said certain, certain bonuses or cards they just absolutely love. And they'd like to see more of those types. So with more decks, they'll be able to kind of create what is for them the, the perfect game. And I, in the end of the rule book, I say that I really want this to be the player's game. So if there's anything that they disagree with in terms of the rules, if it should be working a different way, I, I really want them to you know take over and, and use it the ways they want. So I'm excited to see how mixing and matching the different decks can help players. That's super awesome. All right. Thank you, Matt, again, for sharing some of your insights and your challenges, I guess, in your design process for Ecologies, the card game. I'm sure anyone interested in kind of designing anything similar for their students or for their curriculum found this super helpful. Before we finish, we're going to go into our final segment. And this is a thumbs up, thumbs down, quick lightning round. So I'm going to give you a statement and you're going to give me a thumbs up. So just say thumbs up or say thumbs down if you don't like it. So thumbs up, something you like, thumbs down, you don't care for it. Okay. The first one is trading card games. Trading card games. Thumbs up. In, in ecologies, trade is one of the central things. Uh, each player is making their own food webs and they're constantly negotiating and trade trading with each other so yes although i guess if you're if you mean the type of 
uh, trading card game where you are never ending collecting cards. That one is a little, oof, hard. sorry, this is supposed to be a very lightning round, so. <laughs> no, that's, uh, that's okay. Yeah, those ones are tough for me. All right. How about virtual reality games? Um, thumbs up, although I have not played any, and I really want to. Asian board games. Ah, thumbs up, thumbs up. So I I can't even remember the the name of them, but um, I had some Japanese friends who exposed me to some games that were really fun and some some card games as well. And we're gonna do two more. Fortnite. Ah, oh, thumbs down. I'm sorry if there's anyone out there who absolutely loves it, but as a teacher, you just get inundated with students who that's all they talk about. It's starting to wear off now. With the um, the spike is gone off of that trend, <laughs> but that's a that's a thumbs down for me. All right, and the last one, games on your phone. Ooh, that is one very sideways. Uh, I have games on my phone that are little small bite-sized things that relax me and help me unwind, but I'd say thumbs down to the kind of addictive ones where you end up spending a bunch of money on gems to fast forward your timers on things. That, that kind of stuff, while it might be fun at first, is, I don't know, not, not where I want to see the industry going. Yeah, the pay-to-play games are... I, I'm so saddened by the fact that that is a thing. <laughs> yeah. Are. All right, Matt, thank you again for sharing your insights and coming on the show. And thank you for your time. If someone wanted to reach out to you, where might they find you? And do you have any other projects you're working on? Uh, yeah. So Montrose Biology uh, is the name of my company and also the Instagram account that I have. And if you Google or any search engine Montrose Biology or Ecologies, you're going you're gonna to find me. I do have just so many things in my mind and kind of mapped out in skeletons of educational games that I want to incorporate in the classroom. I'm teaching a fisheries class uh, soon and I want to make a game about uh, sustainable fishing and just I have, I have a lot of ideas it's just a matter of uh, I need to find the time to do it I can definitely relate <laughs> as a teacher it's I'm sure it's hard to find time especially I mean for game design too that's that takes a lot of time as well yeah luckily it's it's something like I said when you really love doing something it's uh it's a stress reliever even if it's difficult because you just can't imagine yourself not doing it right right All right, Matt, thank you again. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you again for listening to another episode of Board Game with Education. Be sure to come say hi. Find us through our email newsletter or you can come join us on our social media platforms like Facebook, Twitter, or The Tundra, which we are very thankful to be featured on their website as well. So you can go to thetundra.com to check us out under the Board Games category. All right, until next time. Thank you for listening in this week. If you liked what you heard, be sure to let us know. You can find us on social media as Board Gaming with Education or BGE Games, or email us at podcast at boardgamingwitheducation.com. If you want to support our podcast, be sure to check out our support page on our website. As always, teach better, learn more, and most importantly, play more. Thank you for listening, and until next time.